There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Questions from the audience alongside Gangster Pete in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan. This is a show in which you can send in your questions, not just questions, though. Opinions, stories, what have you. It doesn't matter. And uh, if they make the cut, they get read. And Gangster Pete and I discussed the homeloanexpert.com studios mark Hanna, evergreen wealth strategies james carlton carlton state farm insurance agency design air heating and cooling and johnny landoff chevrolet all sponsors of the tim mckernan show podcast gangster pete how are you sir doing well making it uh you've become a fan favorite here recently i talked about that a little bit last week and i feel like it's coming on more now you're 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 a reluctant (laughs) on-air personality uh, I mean, I have fun with it. It's something different, you know? Yeah, I understand that. Got a bunch of questions. It's kind of banty. Um, I don't know if it's my mo- mindset at the moment or if it's actually ha- – here's what I think – here's what I th- – as you can imagine, and understandably so, almost all of the questions, I think, that have been sent in the last week, um, almost all of them. Now, here's one I know that is not, um, are about – you know, in some capacity, one way or another, the coronavirus. And what I've seen for, I think, I don't know if I could say for the most part, but I've just seen a lot of it, and it's wearing me down, is that I feel like it's gotten, or has been maybe all along, and I wasn't viewing it through this lens, and so now I'm awoken, awakened, nurse to it, uh, is that it's like, it's it's being viewed through a political prism and in some capacity it's not really being transparent and being viewed through a political prism and it's i don't know i I know pete you and i talked about it It had to be more than a month ago in which we both said that you're exhausted by talking about like the blame element of it and i feel like i restate it but it doesn't matter like here's an example here's an anecdote and I know you did say that a while ago. And by the way, my son is down here in the uh, the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. And I, can, I feel like I hear something, but I don't know what it is. So this this could be... Don't, do you hear that? Can you? Yeah, hear I hear that. I thought that was coming from your end. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> is he messing with a cord? I don't know. Jameson. What's up, Jameson? <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the back. I'm in the basement. He's in his little play area. There he is. Okay. Hi, bud. Can you say hi? It's coming over. All right. So Drugs. I posted a link yesterday, and this is accurate. It not only, uh, I don't know, a city councilman, I guess, in New York City in Manhattan, and also uh, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio talked about the possibility of uh, New York having to use parks as temporary burial grounds. Did you see the story? I did. Okay. Grim. This was not the New York Post, like, hypothesizing that this would happen. These were actual quotes from a tweet stream by this 
government official, and then Mayor de Blasio was asked about it and acknowledged that it was a possibility, but since it's such a morbid thought that he didn't really want to spend much time on it, um, and then that was how. So it wasn't it wasn't made up. But the New York Post, in its headline, um, said New York City to use parks as temporary burial, burial grounds. And then when you read the story, it became clear that uh, that was not officially determined. But it also was clear something that they were discussing as an option. The New York Post is really good at catchy headlines that get you get you pull Absolutely. you in. It's a, it's a textbook. And so... My mistake, if I made a mistake, was that I linked the New York Post headline because I'm just trying to give people as much information. I'm always so careful about what I link because I know, and I don't even know why I care actually at this point. I don't know. I guess I feel like I have a job to inform and not not to opine per se, but to inform uh, and hopefully play a role in waking people up who might still be asleep with regard to this, although I don't know who those people would be anymore. Although I, I, I don't know. My wife, I don't know how you handle Facebook, Pete. Um, <laughs> I avoid uh, it. Okay, yeah, I, I was about to say you, you might not be the greatest example because I think you just basically avoid it. But I, unless I'm, I know someone, um, I just unsubscribe for them or unfollow them or whatever it is. So, I, so my, 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 my personal page timeline are people I know. And so if I'm friends with somebody, those aren't the kind of people who like post like political takes. You know what I mean? On yeah. their general, it, it, it takes a, a certain personality trait. And I'm sure I'm hit. This is hitting close to home for some people listening right now. It's just not something that I personally would gravitate toward as far as a personality trait. And I'm sure plenty of you are listening to this and, well, I'm not a pervert, so I wouldn't hang out with you. And that's fine. All of these things are fine. I'm making the acknowledgement that I don't see this stuff. My wife, however, doesn't do this. You know, she's not a public figure. And so she just, she does, she goes, God, I, I, I don't understand why people are like saying that this is a conspiracy and that it's a hoax. And I go, who is saying this and where? She goes, well, it's on Facebook. And I go, God, Anna Maria, I said, you gotta, you got to use the unfollow thing. I said, who are these people? You know, I guess they're people she went to high school and college with. And it's just, it's a world that I'm just not all that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's out there. I, I'm certain that the, it's a higher percentage of it in Missouri than, say, if we were in California or New York or, I don't know, I, I, Chicago. So I can't, so I can't, because you got to be careful because oh, you're just using the coast. So point being. I try when I see fascinating things that can help convey to people the seriousness of it. I post the links, or if we talk about something on TMA, I post the links so people can see what we're talking about. And so yesterday, with regard to this story, and if people are listening to it on Wednesday, it would be two days ago. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday, April seventh. Uh, I I just linked the New York Post headline. And the New York Post headline said New York City to use parks. And then and you read the story, and it was clear that they had not officially decided, but they had obviously discussed it because both this councilman and Mayor de Blasio were discussing it. So the, what, what wound up happening, not the fact that it had gotten to the point that New York City might start digging uh, temporary graves in public parks, which to me is kind of the obvious headline, 
but instead that the headline was misleading and it became an anti-media thing. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just this is just it, it, it's a fool's errand. You can't win. You you, be, you begin to, to to wind up debating things. You go, why are we why are we even talking? About, why are we debating this? And I'm so today on TMA and, and Pete and I record this. You know, usually within a half hour of of the conclusion of the radio show. I'm in a mode when the cat and Doug were talking about it, um, where I'm just like, God, I found myself. I'm, I'm certainly. In, I mean, it's, not, it's it's all I, I read about, but I'm I'm exhausted by. Like, I guess if I didn't look at the text inbox, maybe it would be better, and I could just focus on this. But at the same time, Doug says some things that I'm just like, God, I know what. You know, I know what's going on, and I'm not saying Doug's doing it maliciously. I just know where Doug gets his information, and then I'm talking to actual doctors and healthcare administrators, and the things that he's hearing are not actually what's really going on in their experiences. And it's not like they're in New York, and so it's just it's 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 one thing if it's like, yeah, Joe Biden, you know, sniffed a woman's hair when her husband was getting sworn <laughs> in, and you know he's he's senile, and it's like, okay, we'll do this, you know, but. When it, when it impacts lives, I just, I'm not in that spot. I, and that's how I view it. And it's not a case of, okay, it impacts other people's lives. Other people not buying in then impacts our lives. And that's why I view it from a different prism. But if you're not viewing it through that prism, then you might look at me as being overreactionary. I don't know what the right word would be. Um, but we were being, well, I don't know about we, because Pete, you obviously don't talk as much on the program, but... Uh, some of us on the show a month ago were be- like when we played Michael Osterholm on uh, the infectious disease specialist, and that was less than a month ago, I think, when he was on Rogan's show, because this is April seventh, and I think that was it's like March tenth. Uh, that was March tenth. Thank you, Pete. Nicely done. So it was less than a month ago, and I I don't know if you remember it, and I know you keep the text inbox up, but it's like, oh, this guy's a Democrat, or oh, the- why are you guys being fear mongers? And it's like a lot of fear monger talk. Yeah, that's what it was. Or this is, you know, it's the flu. I can't believe it's the flu, you know? And it's just like, okay, what? Like, you you were wrong. It's over. The ship has sailed. And, you know, we played the Dr. Drew thing on the show yesterday. And to his credit, he goes, I was wrong. I mean, to me, I, I, I can't hold that in a higher amount of esteem, even though it's really kind of a low bar when you take a step back. But the, that in 2020, somebody goes, I was wrong. Uh, and I apologize for being wrong. Here is why I was wrong. I was wrong. And owning it, because I feel like that's so rare. And so since since that isn't what, it just doesn't go on. People don't, it's so, I don't want to say people don't, because that's not fair. Most people on social media, or most people texting in now, many of whom you can remember some of the names because they were so forceful in attacking us, for what we were talking about, and now mocking people who are not taking it seriously. And I go, wow, two weeks ago you were attacking us for taking it seriously. I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm not in a good place on it. So I don't, know, I don't know how this episode will wind up going, but I feel like it's important to be uh, transparent with the audience and say that on the questions that are, of course, understandably, uh, mostly about the coronavirus, I am in a uh, I'm in a bad place, and I'm not in a bad place because of the state of things and because I've been in my house for however long I've been in my house. But I'm in a bad place because, um, you know, on, listen, people were wrong. You know, it's it, it, it's 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 another thing. Like, well, you're saying Donald Trump was wrong, but Dr. Fauci, look at uh, what he had to say on January 21st or January 24th. 
Um, and it's like, yeah, he was wrong. But the question that I that I come back to is, was somebody wrong and coming from a place of pure motive? And was somebody wrong and coming from a place of selfish motive? And I suppose we don't know, but I would gather many of us have our intuitions. And I don't believe when Dr. Fauci said what he said, and he said we do need to be concerned about it. He just did not convey the uh, urgency that he wound up conveying in March in that interview in January. Um, I don't believe he was doing anything for impure motives. It's my intuition. Maybe other people watch it and think that he was. I don't. So it's, it's, I guess it's kind of one of the reasons why people go, how come you don't get involved in the political discussions on TMA? And I go, well, because we, we, don't, we don't wind up debating philosophy. We wind up debating what's true and false. And it's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. And I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. And that's why I kind of feel like questions from the audience is like my, you know, spot to expound and have, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the right word would be for it. Just really kind of straightforward conversation and whether one likes it or doesn't like it, whatever. I think they know that it's coming from an honest place. They might not like it, but they know it's coming from an honest place. Um, and it's sourced. Uh, I'm very careful about that. It's It's sourced. It's like, yeah, I think I read somewhere that, uh, you know, it looks like uh, everything's starting to calm down around hospitals. Like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the, you know, where? Where did you, you read that? Because I'm talking with doctors in St. Louis, and they sure as hell aren't saying that. Listen, I want them to say that. I look forward to the day I get a text from them saying that. But that's not what they're saying, you know? And so it's... A, it's uh, so I would love it if questions from the audience today were like lesbian fantasies and, and crap about TMA. I would, too. I'd be, yeah. But I got to tell you, Gangster Pete, that's not where we are. I feared that. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I know that's not necessarily what you want to hear. And so it's like, okay, usually, I mean, actually, I think this might be the first time in the history of doing questions <laughs> from the audience where I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know how good I'm going to be. And even some might say, well, you're never good. But for me, I might think I'm good or think that it's at least some form of an escape, that I could do this five days a week. I could do it easily five days a week. I could talk to you and do three hours of this five days a week, no sweat. I'd enjoy the hell out of it, actually. Um, But today I'm not necessarily – because, again, we're not necessarily talking about – what do you think? It's it's, it's, it's just – I'll read them and you'll – See if you're there with me. You you also have a way of like flying above the fray that I am envious of. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't bother you as much perhaps as it winds up bothering me. So I honestly uh, think these people are more of like the vocal minority. Like I I have a chat of my friends. It's like 20 people, and I would say like 18 to 19 of them realize that this is serious and they want to leave politics out of it. And then like one or two people that are entrenched deeply on one side or the other try to bring politics into it. And I take sauce in the fact that people that usually are very political are more interested in the facts of what's going on. So when I hear that, I can kind of dismiss it because I just feel like, I mean, they're kind of kooks. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll, maybe it's maybe some are just standing out to me more than others. I don't know. I we'll see. I'll, I'm just going to delve right into it. Before I do, though, let me make sure I tell people I'm in the mist. And I recommend you do it as well. At uh, the very least, looking into refinancing with Ryan Kelly online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Um, this is nothing against anybody else. Um, all I can tell you is 
kind of ran into uh, an issue with uh, looking around, and then Ryan Kelly's staff uh, said, here, we can do this, we can do this, and it's like, oh, my God, we're, we're going forward with this. And, um, you know, saving, I guess the number is 20%. It, it might be slightly more, actually, slightly more than 20%. It is slightly more than 20% um, on my monthly payment. So it is actually, you know, it, it, it borders on being irresponsible to not look into it if you're going to be able to save 20%. And, again, it's interest. You know, I get it all. You're like, I'm not paying as much in principle. No, 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 it's the interest. Uh, check it out at thehomeloanexpert.com. And on top of it, his staff's so good, I think uh, – I think that, that the way that Ryan has built this, understandably, people see his commercials, hear his energy when he's on with us, and go, well, he's just a, a great marketer. And he is. But you can't build a business only on marketing. And he is building his business because he trains his staff, and he's so committed and passionate. And then his staff, I mean, these are the same people who have been working with him for years. There isn't a whole lot of turnover there. I always think that speaks highly of, of a business or an administration. Uh, and uh, and that's Ryan Kelly, man, thehomeloanexpert.com. He is our studio sponsor. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. Wow, I mean, the volatility in the market. You want to make sure that you have somebody you can talk to about moves you make. Uh, yeah, the tax deadline was pushed back three months, but still something that uh, isn't going away. Have somebody you can rely on, and I don't – Think twice in recommending Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Online at evergreenstl.com, evergreenstl.com. He helps everyday people every day, and you hear him on TMA. You've heard him on this program. His name is Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Check him out at evergreenstl.com to serve as your financial advisor. All right, I'm just going to go on a straight email here. Um, God, Pete, I have, we have, we have 40-plus emails uh, hey, Tim and Pete, if the NHL or NBA does start back up, do you think they should still award the Stanley Cup or Larry O'Brien trophy? I don't think so. I feel like the championship would feel hollow and be marked with an asterisk. Uh, so let's say the Lakers win. How awkward would it be to see them honoring Kobe and trying to celebrate with no one in the building? Plus, I could see opposing fans and probably the media questioning the legitimacy of the championship. It sounds terrible. I would think they should just do a special tournament instead to give fans something and start fresh next year. Thanks. That's from the Hunchback of Vaughn Castle. Gangster Pete, the floor is yours. If the Blues win, I think they should definitely award the Stanley Cup. Okay. That's an interesting uh, premise. Uh, I think you gotta, you got to award the trophies. I mean, what are you playing for if you don't? And then uh, there's been other seasons that have been cut short for different reasons, and people have won the trophies. And like off the top of my head, I can't even name those teams so i think you'd get over it pretty quick well one that stands out to me is the 81 baseball season now my, my memory starts in 82 it's when i went to my first cardinal game and i can rattle off the, the world series matchups and even the playoff teams um before the wild card era anyway uh for baseball it's a weird thing i'm not necessarily proud of it it's not something i studied it's just something i have but before 82 i don't really have it so i had to look it up just right now, but I know that in 81, because Whitey Herzog would always talk about the fact that the Cardinals actually had the best record in the division they were in, which was the National League East, but they split the season up into two seasons because of the strike. And um, and so, I think it was the Expos, and I don't know who the other team was, 
because uh, that was the first year they actually had an NLDS. But I know the Dodgers beat the Expos in the NLCS, and the Yankees beat the A's. And uh, the Yankees uh, lost in 81 to the Dodgers 4-2. to two, And there were two halves of the season. Now, I don't know because um, it was before my memory, but I don't feel like people go, oh, well, the Dodgers won the World Series in 81, but it doesn't really count. Now, there were fans at Yankee Stadium. There were fans at Dodger Stadium. Uh, it's different than what you could have in the scenario the Hunchback of Vaughn Castle lays out. Um, I, I don't. I, I, I get. It. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with the premise. I just don't know if that's necessarily something. The way I look at it, with regard to sports returning, and if they do return within the next few months, is. And, and it wasn't something that crossed my mind until, like, Rory McIlroy was really outspoken about it. I guess Tommy Fleetwood was as well, but Fleetwood doesn't, doesn't have the recognition as, as McIlroy. But it certainly was some international players. And that is, what happens if one of us gets it? And I, and I, I don't, like, see how, at, at the, as we're talking, now this could change. It could change within a week. But as we're talking on April 7th, you know, a number of players in the NHL, for example, have tested positive for it. So I don't I don't know how you avoid that when when you're playing hockey and you're you know, baseball talked about well, we talked about Jeff Passon's report this morning that in order to have social distancing, the dugout would be the stands and guys would be six feet away from each other. OK, let's play that out in the NHL. <laughs> How does that work on a line change? You know, you have to be on the bench. Uh, so, I mean, again, I'm just playing things out like from a, it's, this isn't like high-level stuff, but, I mean, okay, they're going to play. How are they going to play? They're going to play, but they're going to play in empty buildings. Okay, how are they going to maintain social distancing? I, what are they gonna, like the line, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you do that. I mean, the line change is a very important thing. Hell, in overtime, they talk about the long, the long change and how it's such a big issue. Well, what are we going to have when guys are coming down from the stands because the benches are on the other side of the attack zone? So I, 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 when we talk about it, I like to talk, like the PGA Tour and the Masters coming back. Just like on a surface level, it feels good to talk about it, and it excites me. And, you know, I realize we're talking about the Masters, which at this point would be seven months away since it's November. But um, even playing the first PGA Tour event, the Memorial, in mid-June, I'm just like, I don't think it's going to happen. So I don't really look at it seriously. I feel like they had to, like, line up a schedule and they had to make announcements. And they're kind of like, okay, if things work out, this is what the schedule will be. We got to kill the British Open this year, so now Royal St George's knows they have it in 2021, and whichever venue is going to have it in 2021 knows it won't have it in 2021. All right, now that we've killed the Open, let's see if we can tend to events stateside. You have the three major stateside, and the Ryder Cup is in the U.S. this year, so here's how we can do it, and we'll still try to have the FedEx Tour Championship, and so we're going to have the the non-major events as well. And we'll start with the Memorial, and here's how we'll handle the PGA at Harding Park in San Francisco, and Wingfoot in September and Whistling Straits at the Ryder Cup 
and the Masters, and here's how it'll it's all going to work. And listen, it'd be great if it happened. My God, it'd be great if it it'd be great be, because if it happens, that means we got out on the other side of this, and we got out on the other side of this within the next couple of months. That's that's how I look at it. But I just know that athletes themselves, kind of to my surprise, actually. Um, and that's not said with any intent other than I was just kind of surprised. But I know I, I, I happened to play golf um, with Adam Long, I guess, three days after the players was shut down, four days after the players was shut down. And we were talking about it. And he goes, yeah, he goes, it was, a lot of the international players are just like, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to be able to travel? How are we going to be able to you know, our families are back there? And, and it's not like this is only in the U.S., and so I just don't know how they're going to pull this off. And then, like, the baseball idea that passing – and listen, it's sourced. It's not like he's just, like, coming up with an idea. You know, this is from Major League Baseball and from the Major League Baseball Players Association. And all 30 teams with 25-man rosters, but they're also going to have to have their minor leaguers on the 40-man nearby, um, are going to be in hotels in the Phoenix area. And then also, if they get injured, there has to be hospital spots for them. Uh, which isn't really a popular take right now since you can't get elective procedures. And they're going to they're gonna do this in front of fans, and the, and the dugouts are going to be the stands, and they're going to play seven-inning double headers. And it just, it just strikes me as um, a push, so to speak. Uh, it was a Joe Strauss term, like something that just is, you know, really against odds and probably not the greatest – but if it happens and it can be worked out that I'm all for it, I just, I just, I stand back and I go, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. I guess the thing that I would say to play devil's advocate is things can change really quickly. Uh, I suppose I would describe my uh, view on the medical side of this, which is really all that matters, uh, because then, then so many other things fall into place, um, is I just... Because a lot of people will say you can't do anything until there's a vaccine, and I would, I guess, I would, I would alter that by saying you can't return to what we had in January or February of 2020 until you have a vaccine, like 50,000 people in an event or restaurants being packed, that type of thing. Maybe you can say that, but as far as the economy returning to some semblance of business transactions and not being frozen, I think that can happen uh, before before there's a vaccine. And I think that can go to uh, the testing to know who has had it and who is immune to it and, um, and then to quarantine those who have either not had it or who, are, of course, uh, have it and have symptoms. And that is, that is the way that I think that this thing can start to uh, re- recharge our economic engine. That's how I see it. And I see that progressing before a vaccine. So, or, or you know, the, the plasma um, discussion that took place at Washington University on March 23rd about taking people who have had it, didn't experience any, any symptoms, and then the plasma transfusion uh, th- into the people who are ill. That's something that, that I hold on to. So I actually am not of the opinion that this does not, like, we're just frozen for the next eight months. I don't view it that way. And I, let me tell you something. By the way, um, one of the, the people who was way ahead of this, so ahead of it when this person 
emailed me. At this point, I guess it was, I think it might have been to the day, actually, a month ago. I think it was March 7th. Um, I was just like, really? You're that you're that concerned about it? Maybe it was March. It was either March 3rd or 7th. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's, and then within a handful of days, it was over, you know, I mean, not, not over, but it was, it was on. Um, and it seems like another world then that this person is of the opinion, um, and with a business partner that this is going to get way worse than it is right now, which was really surprising to read from him. And this is just me and him texting, um, and that caught me off guard. I wasn't thinking that. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, listen, it's not like he knows. He was right on one thing. It doesn't mean that he'll be right on everything. But, you know, this isn't just like a guy who read something somewhere that it was going to go into hell. I mean, this is a person who is in touch with, um, you know, people in medical, financial, technical, and um, comes from a place of having an educated background on it. So uh, that concerned me. But... I personally, taking understanding that I read that from somebody I consider to be credible, um, I just, I just don't, I just can't see, and maybe I'm underestimating it. I just can't see that we're all still in this spot in like August, still even, and maybe I'm off the mark on that. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't see it that way. I don't. But I also, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have seventy-five thousand people at an NFL stadium or a hundred thousand people at a college football stadium. Gangster Pete, I know the question was about the NHL or NBA. How do you view the football seasons of college and the NFL? What do you think there? Well, I, I think that they'll probably base that off of the other sports, see how they handle it, and then decide what they're going to do, and then see where we're at when those months come around. Like I yeah. certainly don't think we're playing baseball in May. I don't think that's happening. I'm just so saying. So you don't think the passing article? No, uh, I'm, he's I'm just saying out. if we do have any kind of season, you should play for the title. I mean, I'm looking at the Dodgers Wikipedia, 81's listed for a World Series title. So that's where I was going with that. I think it's going to be a lot longer than people think. I mean, maybe you can play golf because it's not a contact sport. I don't know. Yeah. I just, my, my, I just keep going back to, well, what if somebody tests positive for it? And that was like right. McElroy's whole thing. If somebody tests positive for it, you have to shut it down. And, and whereas, you know, some might go, well, no, you don't. But that was that was the perspective of, you know, the number one player in the world. Uh, and it wasn't like he was the only one saying that. All right. Next question. Hey, Tim, uh, thank you for the taking this question two weeks ago. In that time, do you think the coronavirus situation could lead to a reversal in the health of many Americans as the pandemic continues to get more serious by the day? Um, I'm not I'm sorry. I maybe I should have read through it in advance i don't necessarily follow the question um the lead to a reversal in the health of many americans the pandemic pete do you follow the question i'm sorry is he saying that the people will be more healthy in the future going forward because they that was a question he asked a couple weeks ago and i feel like we talked about it. we did but then he asked a follow-up in that time do you think the coronavirus situation could lead to a reversal in the health of many americans as the pandemic or is he saying we'll get more unhealthy as we're locked inside yeah, okay, all right, maybe that's it. Okay, maybe that's it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I understand that. You know, I, we talked a little bit about this on the radio show because I just, you know, I, I, you know, before I tore my labrum, my workouts were lifting, um, and, I'll, and that'll never happen again, at least not the way that I was. Just It, it actually can't, I don't think. 
Um, I'll lift, but it won't be lifting like as much as I was lifting for somebody who weighs and is my size. But I just am not going to do that again. It was just stupid, and now it's led to a you know an unfortunate uh, injury that's going to lead to a surgery. But so now it's just like okay, I'm going to run, and then people were posting that they were getting yelled at by people <laughs> when they were running. I'm just like, man, I just have zero. And I mean, I guess in the whole scheme of things, it's what it's like Twitter for me, except it's real life. Um, where people are just like driving by and yelling at you and you don't know them. But uh, I, I, I was under the impression, like, why is like running on a sidewalk something that people would yell at you about? I don't believe that that's not allowed. I haven't got yelled at once running. Oh, so you are running? Yeah, I'm running. I didn't know you were. Okay, all right, well, good. So I'll run in the bike for... lane, though, around the park instead of in the park because there's more people in the park. Where are you the... running, bro? Uh, I, I run around Lafayette Square. If you run around that Lafayette Square Park, it's like uh, five laps is a little over four miles. Oh, you run four miles? Yeah, try to. Look at you, look at you. Then I might be going so fast I can't even hear the insults. I don't know. Uh, no, nice. Uh, yeah, I was at uh, three and a half, but that would be on the treadmill and that would be on intervals. But uh, yeah, so I was intervals running are good for you. That's that. Yeah, that was the play for what I. I run doing. negative splits. My first mile is slower than my last. Yeah. Okay. I follow you on that. So I haven't done it in St. Louis. I did it in Florida, but that was kind of like in the area in which we lived. It wasn't like out on you know whatever a main thoroughfare. Not that this would be either. It'd be in my neighborhood. But that's what I want to do. Like I'm kind of dying. Like after we're done with this, I might go do it just because I haven't had much physical activity at all. Um, I I don't know. You know, I don't know how everybody else is handling it. Um, eating, cooking, so on and so forth. I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. Um, I don't have a good answer for it, though. I know personally I started eating way more just to, like, kill the boredom. And yeah. so, like, in the last week and a half, I've been like, all right, you're going to get your fat ass out there and run and then do push-ups whenever you can at home. So I noticed m- myself slipping the wrong direction, and now I'm trying to get my ass back in shape. I actually eat basically the exact same thing for breakfast and lunch almost every day haven't you been doing that for like years like you get those uh, meals or whatever the, the breakfast is probably a year of it which is coffee rx bar which is like i think 10 or 12 grams of protein uh, it's 200 calories it's organic uh and uh water and then protein shake isopure protein shake which is like 50 grams of protein and three grams of carbs and it's like 200 so i have about 400 25 calories for breakfast in between you know whatever time i get up and then noon and then i'll have metabolic meals online at mymetabolicmeals.com which are good uh and uh big fan and those are healthy and it's usually like chicken and then during this time we have been carrying out quite a bit um let me ask you this and i didn't really want to say it on the radio but i kind of feel like this is my safe haven right have you carried out yeah. Uh, How's it going for you? It's good. Uh, I've been to Max. Got me a burger I there. did Max with my son on Saturday, and it was incredible. I want to make make note of this as I say it, that this is not about Max, what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say is this. I've noticed on a couple of them, which are some of my favorite places, that it hasn't been – like it's, it's been noticeably different. I would the product has been noticeably different. I'm not saying it's bad food as in like it's you know stuff that otherwise would get thrown out in a normal situation. It's just it just wasn't as good. I mean and it was noticeable. Like it was like I can't eat it noticeable. <laughs> That's not good. 
I, yeah, and I hate saying that, but, you know, and obviously I'm not naming places um, because I just wouldn't do that. And it could have been my own. This could this could have happened back in January when everything was uh, at least perceived to be normal. But, wow. And I said it to Anna Maria. I go, okay, that's the second time this has happened now. And, you know, wow. I don't know what to make of it. It's hard not to read into it. Um, but yeah, so, but I mean, it could be just be two things, you know, it could be, you know, but, but I can tell you this. So, I mean, I've, I've done three and actually I shouldn't say that I've done four. So, so half have been great. Like Max was great. And then there was another one, uh, that was great. (laughs) But then there were two that I was like, ah, ah, but it could have just been a bad batch for whatever reason. But I was just wondering if you had had that experience. I haven't had any bad bad ones. I've done Max. I've done Mission Taco, uh, Dukes. They're all good. All good. All right. This one is from Timmy Recaps. He uh, he is um, he's uh, he's one of our great uh, questioners uh, on questions from the audience, and he writes the following: I'm writing this email at noon on Sunday, April fifth. I only mention that because things can change drastically drastically in a 24-hour period. By the time you read this, Clay Travis could be unemployed, and this email will be no more relevant than a Biff poem. With that said, I've heard you say and write numerous times you believe there is huge potential downside uh, to the hard line Clay Travis is taking and going all in on the coronavirus response being overblown. So as to not misrepresent your beliefs of the topic, I'll mention them here so there isn't any misunderstanding. Quote, this is me, I'm being quoted, Pete. And while I think that he is one of hundreds or thousands of American media people doing this over the last X number of years, i.e. spinning to make money, the only reason I've paid attention to this situation is because by doing this one, there's potential downside both to him and his audience. So considering the fact that I think he's intelligent as he is, I'm surprised he's going down this road. Uh, End of quote of me. I then asked what you believe to be the potential downside to be because based purely on a business of gaining followers and getting views, which leads to dollars, I don't believe there is a downside. Well, that hold on. Right there, I I can't operate off of individual premises. That's not my premise. That's your premise. Um, Because I don't view that being the end-all, be-all of business. So that's an important distinction right there. Um, so I just, cause I, I, I don't want to, I just don't want to read something and then, then, then go back. And so when I'm reading something that I don't agree with, I gotta, so what he just wrote was, I then asked what you believe to be the potential downside to be because based on, based purely on a business of gaining followers and getting views, which leads to dollars, I don't believe there is a downside. So I disagree with that. Uh, I'm not angry about it. I'm just pointing out that I disagree with that. You said number one, loss of credibility, loss of audience, loss of revenue, um, with that as the baseline, I certainly understand there could be potential downside with regard to future business dealings, as we should never speak in absolutes. My argument is that his approach shouldn't shock anyone, knowing he operates in a fully autonomous and provocative business model. And two, his approach is well measured with regard to his brand and business. Uh, I agree that it is an odd line to take from an outlook of intellectual honesty, but there aren't any sports to discuss for the time being, so coronavirus seems to be the only game in town right now. And with that, him taking a hard line on coronavirus seems to be working in his favor when it comes to social media attention for him. 
which is where he cuts his teeth and builds his audience. Uh, I've lost. Okay, there. By all current measurable metrics, subscriber count, views, and ad revenue, he's hitting new highs in what was an otherwise predictably small climb trend similar to most mid-range social media accounts. For his personal Twitter account in March 2020, his daily average subscriber has hit record highs of plus 227 subs day over day. He hasn't seen that rate of increase since the account first joined the platform. Similarly, the earned media for his account has spiked to plus 1,077 in March versus January when it was in the mid-600s. The monthly favorited tweets has gone from an average of 500 to 1,118. Did you sneeze, Pete? No, I'm just laughing. His Instagram is seeing fairly similar percentage growth, although on a much smaller scale. He His following seems to be significantly smaller on that platform. i got to read back that on Instagram. The OutKick YouTube subscriber count is up 100% over the last 30 days. His weekly views are seeing a growth rate of 25,725 views, which is a 32.8% increase over the last 30 days. He doesn't see these kinds of numbers unless he's tilting videos with keywords like racism, wokeness, or ESPN. Again, going back to your premise, he stands to lose credibility and audience and loss of revenue by taking his hardline stance. Thus far, he's seeing only record growth. I agree he has lost credibility in the eyes of people who already don't care for him or are indifferent and look at the big picture, but he is in the business of audience growth and revenue. But who isn't in the business of growing revenue? Like, what business isn't in the business I of growing I am anti-money. Okay, so Pete is not in the business of growing up. And all of those metrics are up, not down, or even static. You yourself said he is wrong, and that ship has already sailed. I've said his take that this is the flu is wrong. I did say that, and I... I, I are, is, is somebody now debating that? I'm not saying any... I, I don't know. Maybe people are still saying that. I don't think... Is anybody saying... Like, once the president stopped that... It was amazing how, like, about 40% of the country also stopped it. I felt like I that think was... The, a- I think the people that listen to Rush might still be saying that. Oh, is he still doing that? Uh, I think I, not, so. not to say that you're a, a listener. I'm definitely not a listener, but I know people that do, and they And he's not, saying it's the flu still? I don't know oh, if he's, he's still really saying that out and out, but I know that people are kind of like... They're like, that's what we need to compare this to. St- on April 7th, that's still going on. Yeah, I know someone that was saying it yesterday. Like in your group chat? Yeah, and they're they're a big rush guy. Do I know this person? No. Okay. You yourself said he is wrong. So to be clear, I'm talking about his premise that this was the flu uh, was wrong. And yes, the ship has sailed. Yes, I agree, by the way. Uh, but presumably that should tangibly translate to a loss in audience. Again, I, I, I again, I, I hate to like nitpick it. Obviously, there's a this is this is a long email, and I appreciate it because Timmy Recaps has sent in some great questions. But I can't, I can't. It's like when this is why arguing with me is a, a miserable exercise. It's a miserable exercise. Anna Marie really should be interviewed on the podcast by like Buck Swope to talk about what it's like to argue <laughs> with me because it's miserable. But I can't operate off of premises that are not that are not premises that we both agree on. Just because they're inserted and then say we mo- agree, and well, no, we don't. I don't agree. So I don't agree that should tangibly translate to loss in audience. Like Alex Jones has an audience. Sean Hannity has an audience. That doesn't mean that they're right. <laughs> and I don't, and but I'll just keep reading. But presumably that should tangibly translate to a loss in audience and or dollars somewhere. 
even if on a small but measurable scale, but as it sits, that doesn't seem to be the case. So I guess the premise, and I'm, I'm not done reading yet, but the premise is because Clay was wrong, his audience should decrease. I think that's what the premise is. Yeah, I think he's pointing out that at the moment it's going up, but when the dust settles, it should go down if he's wrong. I don't think that's what he's saying. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's pointing out that the numbers are growing up, and so what he's doing is good business. And I, and I, have, a, I have an overall thought. It'll be very brief once, once I get to the end of the email. Um, but I'll keep – so we're, we're taking this differently. That's interesting. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I know presenting a dissenting opinion can be a recipe for disaster, but I hope it's clear I'm not agreeing with his take in terms of intellectual honesty or hot takery. I'm speaking only to the numbers behind his approach, not presenting a loss in viewership or dollars. I agree he isn't particularly credible, but who gives a fuck about credibility if you're still gaining an audience? I mean, right there, that, 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 that just, and listen, if a lot of people feel that, and feel that way, God bless them, I, will, I just I can't do that. I can't do it. And it might be to my own, like, limiting my individual growth as a broadcaster, but it's, it's not even something that crosses my mind to do. It's essentially why I don't tweet. Like, I know it would be good for me and my quote-unquote, now that this is an in vogue term, brand, uh, to tweet all the time. But I, I can't. I'm just not, I'm, it's not that interesting. I, I think a good way to view my mindset is listening to the interview. You mentioned Max a few moments ago, Pete. Mm-hmm. Chris, Chris McKenzie. Chris McKenzie is the owner of Max. And he didn't go into how much money he's making. I have no idea. He could tell me he's making any dollar figure as far as what he pays himself and then the, the profits of his business. And I asked him in that interview something that I couldn't wait to ask. It was like the main thing I wanted to ask him. Expansion. Exactly. So all I really wanted to, I mean, listen, I wanted to hear about the burger because I love the burger. My God, and the fries. I got the fries on Saturday. The rip fries are so mm. good. <laughs> and I'm like, he could have, he could have uh, an In-N-Out burger. He, I really believe that. Now, maybe some people go, no, but I mean, it's, I, it's just so good. It's, it's relatively speaking. I think it's unique. Uh, and he's so careful about the ingredients. And I asked him, and he's like, yeah. He goes, but think about all the headaches that come with that. He goes, I'm just happy making what I'm making, and I'm happy. So I don't want to bring those headaches into my life. And I'm like, God, when I, when I, dis, when I like sit back and consider doing different things, and Pete, you... Uh, are well aware of the things that we're talking about. Yes, sir. Uh, part of the analytic is not the top line. It's also something that doesn't factor into the balance sheet. It's the headaches. And there is not a line to quantify headaches in there. And so I remember when I interviewed Clay in 2017, he was one of my first guests on the podcast. And he said, you don't even look at his mentions. And then I read many quotes from his peers from a Politico article that I think came out in September, and I think I was interviewing him in October of 17. And I could tell it bothered him. And I was surprised it bothered him, actually, but I could tell it bothered him. And later that night, we interviewed him in, in the studio where you are. Uh, and, um, and I saw him later in the night at Kirkwood Brewhouse. That's where the party was. Uh, he was hosting an event for Outkick the Coverage subscribers. And... He pulled me aside. He goes, hey, man, those were really good questions. He goes, and I said, well, I appreciate it. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, that was like, it was, it was like a really smart interview. Those were really good questions. And I'm like, well, I, 
I appreciate. I didn't really think because he said we we only got a half hour because he had to go home and you know, back to his hotel and clean up, and then uh, and then come back for. So we we only had a half hour, and I know we could have gone for however long, but a half hour is for especially for those who listen to this. You know that would be condensed. That that's probably one of the shortest interviews we've done in the in the podcast history. Uh, but I mean, he he laid out the the, the time schedule in advance. Um, and then at some point when I wasn't around, my parents were up there and somebody introduced him to my parents. And then he went out of his way to be really complimentary and said how smart the interview was. And I think he said that to either my mom or dad. And, um, and I appreciated that. Um, at the time, my assessment, I believe at the time was he recognizes an edge, so to speak. He recognizes that there is this audience in the United States and I don't know how to describe it, um, I can I can picture the audience. Um, certainly, a lot of SEC states um, and um, college graduates, uh, who I guess you know would be uh, disenfranchised. I think, and you're tapping into the bubble of them. So you're, they're not necessarily Fox News viewers, but they they they, they you know buy into the media's feeding them lies and you know this and that and and clay plays the role of i'm actually a liberal or i worked for a democrat in washington dc and so i have actually a liberal view but here are all my conservative views which is a perfect way to so like it's like what se cup is doing right now i think um and not not apples to apples but in the sense that se cup represents herself as a republican who then spends most of her show attacking Donald Trump. And so then liberals can say, or people who are not fans of the president, look, here is a conservative who thinks Donald Trump um, is, take your pick of whatever negative adjective. So I think that's part of the game. Um, It's kind of, I don't think that's necessarily an obvious part of the game, but I noticed that as a part of the game, like it gives the take more credibility. If it's like, yeah, well, you think this, but Essie Cup's a Republican, and she thinks Trump. So I think that's it. I think that's it. I could be wrong. I think that's the game because uh, I try to watch the game. But the reason I bring up Chris McKenzie and Max is the following. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's not to say I don't have ambition, but I don't have any interest in playing the game. I just don't. Like, And, if, and, I, and I, if I feel like I've said this a few times over the last couple of months sporadically on the podcast. If that is the way that the game is going to be played going forth, and that's fine. I'm just kind of like, all right, fine. Like, my wife and I have talked about this over the last week or two. It's like, okay, if everything's crashing and if we're just all going to go broke, it's like, all right, we'll just start over and move to Florida. And I'm kind of just like, yeah, that's fine. You know, the, the, the negative is my family lives here and her family lives here. But, yeah, I mean, that's fine. We had 20 years. I mean, the show had 16 years, and I worked in my home market for 20 years, and that's half my life. And, God, I'm fucking lucky. But I'm not interested in being dishonest with people. So that's it. That's how I view it. My, my, so, I, so I guess it depends on what your view of a growing business is. So if, 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 if I were like playing a character and like tweeting shit out to get attention, then yeah, I guess. But that's not what I'm interested in. It's not, it, 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 it never, nor has it ever been, by the way. I'd like to think that, you know, I'd like to think. And I think that... I think that I think across the board people would agree with us. I think even the people who hate me, and I know that's a decent sized number that, yeah, I don't like him or he's whatever, but I do think he, 
he's giving you what he really, really thinks. And I don't think Clay really, really thinks this. So that's the, I guess that's the difference. Um, and that's it. That's that's it. I'm not. And, and if he wants to do it, he's welcome to do it. The difference on this versus like playing to that bubble I was talking about, and there are plenty of bubbles. This is the bubble he's playing to, of making fun of Jamil Hill and LeBron James and ESPN being woke and, like, making fun of Ohio State and Michigan fans and the Big Ten being overrated in college and all those things. It's like, yeah, that's just kind of like a – and you can always move the goalposts on that one. With this one, like, he's on the record with all kinds of things that have already proven to be false. It's over. It got to the point where it was so over that Dr. Drew, who I think, even though I really hadn't heard much from Dr. Drew since his show with Adam Carolla – he somehow became, in February and March, like the go-to interview for conservative media outlets. I don't know why that happened. I just know that it did happen. Um, and and he got to a point with that on April 4th, it was three days ago, he recorded a video of himself apologizing for being wrong. He explained why he was wrong. Um, he explained that he would, fi- he said Dr. Fauci was off, and he was with Dr. Fauci on the HIV crisis. Um but he was wrong, and he apologized for it. I'm just like, God bless. But that's that's for every one Dr. Drew, there is take your pick of whatever number you want to assign to the number of people who will never admit that they were wrong or acknowledge they were wrong. And I think it's so healthy to admit you were wrong. Like, not everybody is right every, every time. You're like, and, and I think, I think Pete, to go back to the very beginning of our, of our episode today, I think that's the thing that kind of frustrates me about when we start talking about the coronavirus now. It's like we can't, like, have an honest conversation about it because clearly people were wrong and clearly it played a role in the trajectory of this in the United States and globally. But it's like if you say so-and-so is wrong, then immediately then people line up on their their sides. And, and, And then even people who aren't on a side, they go, oh, shit, here we go. You know, and it's just and you, so you can't have a real conversation about it, which sucks because it's because it is the story. And so what Clay's doing, it's like, I don't care. I haven't followed Clay on Twitter for years. I haven't listened to Clay's show. The only reason I even heard it was I, when I was in Florida. And now I'm back at my house in St. Louis and I would have to connect with our board operator. For the most part, it's been the Plowhawk. And I connect, I plug in and I hear it. And sometimes the plowhawk isn't there. And so I go, plowhawk, plowhawk, and he's out, you know, smoking. And so I hear it, and I'm going, well, what in the hell is Clay saying? Because <laughs> you know, I just, otherwise I wouldn't listen to it. It's not like I'm like, I got to listen to Clay because he makes me bad. I just don't care. It doesn't, I don't think it. It's not like, I like I'm like i tuned into Hannity or I'm tuned into Maddow. I don't. I don't, I don't watch him. I know what the game is, and I'm not interested in playing it or participating in it. So... Yeah, I guess I guess the I guess the fundamental like if we're if all of us are agreeing, and I'm sure some of us aren't, but if the majority of us are agreeing that whether it be Dr. Drew, whether it be Clay Travis, whether it be Dr. Fauci in the interview in January, whether it be Nancy Pelosi telling people to go eat at Chinatown in San Francisco, or whether it be <gasps> President Trump. People were wrong on this. I hope we can all agree on that. And I, and I feel like I've covered the bases by going with liberals and conservatives. And I guess even though Fauci's in Trump's administration, 
He is perceived to be like an anti-Trump guy, I think. I think if I'm reading these things right. I think it's healthy to go, yeah, I was wrong. But I know that's not the, pre- the president's not going to do that. That's not what the president does. That's why when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I'm like, yeah, this is what, he, I mean, what are you going to get upset? This is not what he does. It's not what he does. So, you know, and then it's just like when I talked about Nancy Pelosi, like ripping up the, 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 the State of the Union speech. I was like, oh, God, what are we doing here? Is it really at that point? Like, I'm not on board with that. So it's so just because you find Donald Trump's press conferences to just be a circus, that doesn't mean you're pro-Nancy Pelosi. The two things can exist. But talking about it, at least talking about it on the radio show where you have the text inbox, you know, and whatever can happen in the discussion, I just, I'm, I just, I just, at this point, unfortunately, I'm disengaged. And I hate that. But that's where I am. Because we're not debating philosophy. We're debating truth. We're debating facts. And, and these, are, these aren't the things that, like, people create memes of Chuck Schumer saying things that he didn't say, and then they get passed around as truths on social media. These are actually, like, when people kept talking about Fauci saying this, I'm like, okay, I want to go back and actually watch the interview and see exactly what the context was. And, yes, he does downplay it. He absolutely downplays it. There's no way you can say he does not downplay it. You also can't say that he doesn't say, yes, it is a concern. He does say that. But as far as what he is saying now versus what he was saying in late January, they are, they are certainly different things. But when I'm communicating with doctors right now, one of the, one of the well, this is, a, this is a person in admin, uh, says this is torturing our doctors because it changes day by day and they can't get a handle on what this thing is. So these are doctors. But, the, but, but doctors can admit it. Politicians and people who do this game on social media is I guess media people, they don't. And I just think one of the healthiest things you can say is, I don't know. And then the next healthiest thing you can say is, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And to me, that gives you credibility. But I feel like in 2020, somehow it's played as a weakness. And that's just not where I am. So going back to Chris McKenzie at Max, that's where I am. I have zero interest in being like, okay, Portnoy and I started our things both at the same time. I have zero interest in doing what he's doing. That does not mean that I dislike him or I don't respect the fact that he's built an empire. That's just not like we're not all playing the same game. I'm not interested in that. I believe Dave is single without children. I'm married with a, with a child. And, and honestly, that's just where I am now. If I were 25, different, 25 and single, like if I take myself back to how I was, what would it be, 18 years ago? Holy shit, 18 years ago. Um, you know, and that's, I guess, exactly when I was starting out on radio. And knowing what my personality was then, holy shit, I would, I would be cringing about the shit I'd be tweeting right now. Because I know it would be brutal. Uh, like 43-year-old me would go, it's brutal. 25-year-old me wouldn't recognize how brutal it is. But um, that's not where I am anymore, man. It's just not where I am. But that doesn't mean... That I'm like down on other. I just don't pay. I honestly don't pay attention to it. I don't follow Portnoy on Twitter. I don't. I don't like sit there and go, "Oh my God, he's brilliant." Just like yeah, I find some of the stuff amusing. I just don't really pay attention to that. But I mean, my God, how can you? I mean, they he built something that is you know valued at what nine figures now. God bless. Um, and what Clay is doing, to me, it's like, it's like it. It's like oh. You thought press, professional wrestling was real. That's a shame, you know? That's how I kind of look at it. But it's one thing to 
pass those off when you're arguing about is Ohio State going to be in the college football playoff? And it's another thing where the people don't realize it's professional wrestling and and it actually impacts health. That's the difference. And so, if anything, it's a compliment in the sense that he has that kind of influence. Um, so, yeah, from my standpoint, what is the downside? Loss of credibility. Yeah, that's big. To me, it's big. Everything isn't about, like, I, our business model has zero to do with YouTube. Has zero to do with clicks. We sell flat advertising. Well, not we. KFNS sells flat advertising rates. They're monthly rates. It's been the way at KFNS since I started in 2002. Um, so it's a different business model than, than, I guess, what you're saying Clay does. I don't know how Clay generates his revenue. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. But I just know this. I would not want to knowingly get on the air and tell the audience something that I actually don't think. That's how I view it. Now, if Clay really believes still on April 7th that this is the flu, then that's then God bless. And I was wrong. Just like I would say he was wrong when he said it was the flu in March. But I'll say I was wrong. But I get it. That's kind of the it's kind of the, the game. It's a, and it's it just speaks to what I think is at the core of polarization in the United States, which is part of the population is getting information from one place and part of the population is getting information from another place. And so when the two interact, they're operating off two different sets of what is true and what is false. And they're not having the same conversation. So it's difficult to communicate. And that is at the core of it. Um, so, Gangster Pete, I know you hear it because you're in the studio early and probably are forced to um, in the sense that it is on. Maybe it's not. Maybe you turn it down. I don't know. But uh, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I turn it down. I usually listen to one of my own podcasts. But, uh, I mean, I think a huge part of your brand is your honesty. So if you started to play the game, that would be super disingenuous and quite off-putting. So uh, I'm happy that you do it the way you do it. And then I think Clay, he, I think he's trying to shine a light on the positives. Like I think Well, he's that's what he's doing now, but that's just because he's moving the goalpost because... Oh, I get it. He got backed into a corner on this thing. No, I know? get it. And then I think like in normally there's so much information about all kinds of things. There's so much going on. The news cycles 24-7 that if you have a hot take and it goes wrong, you can just kind of ignore it and yeah, move that's on to the true. next thing. I agree with that. And now we're dealing with something I hate. I hate so much when they say unprecedented times, but this unprecedented situation uh, where your takes can't just go away. They're going to be with you. So if you have the ability to apologize and recognize that you're wrong and admit it, that means a lot to someone that cares about that yes and i do care that which is why when dr drew apologized i was like good for him i didn't see that coming but i mean at the same time like i said i in, in, in similarity is similar to clay although i happened to interview clay and i've been clay and i used to email i don't want to portray it as like we emailed all the time but we would e exchange emails um and, and it's it's the stuff to be clear my my observation on clay i haven't like really we're spending more time on clay now than we had spent on it because it's just been a couple fan page threads all i was saying is this like you were a barry odom guy for example pete um i'm using this as an example to to, to kind of convey the benign nature of a sports take 
wound up not being right. And, and one might even say, no, I think Barry Odom still – I don't think he should have been fired. I don't know, but whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, I said here's, – here's one, so I'm not pointing fingers at you. I said – I thought – and I thought it was asinine to think otherwise. I thought for sure the Cardinals would have a major offseason acquisition offensively um, and, and gave the Plowhawk 10-to-1 odds on it and was willing to cover $1,000 so he could bet up to 100 and I was going to risk $1,000, and I would have lost $1,000. Thank God he only bet 10 bucks, because I was certain of it. Well, I was wrong. Like, so, so what, like, I mean, I don't even, I, like, if I were playing the game, what would I say? I don't, I don't even know. I mean, how can you even play the game on this one? Well, no, I think uh, KK is going to wind up being a top three starter, and he was one of the top pitchers in the Korean League last year, so I realize you don't know who he is, but that is a major acquisition. Okay, well, you said offense. No, I understand that, but <laughs> and then you got to like try to like grasp at something else. I was wrong. It's just it's like open and shut. The cat said he thought that the, the, the Battlehawks would get 25,000 tickets sold for their home game. I thought he was nuts. I could see him getting 25000 just because they would give a bunch of tickets away, but there was huge enthusiasm for that. By the way, that's only a month old, too, by the way. And that's, that's, that's you know, that seems like it didn't even exist. It was so brief. But I was wrong. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could have dug in and said, well, yeah, but how many were sold? And then you go, I don't know. No, how many? That's how you argue. You just cut them off. And you go, how many were sold? You just keep pounding. That's the, it's a standard. It's the standard sports radio shit. That's and when it kind I of flip jerk- the channel. It, 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 that's a, it's just such a it's I mean it's just an easy thing to do and it gets off the hashtag tell it like it is crowd but I don't really want the tell it like it is crowd I mean I happen to be giving my honest opinion but I don't know I mean that I could be wrong so it might not really be how it is it just happens to be what I think I do think my intuition over the 16 years we've been doing the show is certainly got a lot more wins than losses but I absolutely have losses there's no way around it. Uh, and, and so here, here's two recent ones, the Cardinal offseason and, um, and uh, the Battlehawks thing. And I'm irritated that I was wrong on one, and I'm thrilled for St. Louis and the XFL that I, was, that I was wrong on the other. But you're wrong sometimes. And I don't know, man. It, I, and and this, isn't, this isn't clay specific. It's across the board. It's, it's like the moving the goalposts thing. And so it just it frustrates the hell out of people because it's disingenuous. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, going, I'm going on. Let's see. Final thing, because I don't know if I read the whole email. Lastly, in fairness to you, you did end cap our previous discussion saying we are in the early innings, so we can't be quick to judge based on a snapshot in time. But that's the only measurable data we have now, so I thought it was worth the conversation. Thanks. And sorry for the long-windedness. That's Timmy Recaps. I think Timmy Recaps has asked the best questions that we've had and questions from the audience. He feels very strongly about this. Um, and, and I guess it's, we're just coming at it from a totally different perspective. And we're coming at it from a different perspective at the outset. If your measure of success is whatever analytics that he cited, I'm not saying that he just came up with arbitrary. He, he cited analytics. And I, I wasn't even aware of these things, by the way. I, I have no I tweet so rarely that I have I don't even know how many Twitter followers I have likes like there's really no reason to follow me I don't I don't do anything on Twitter anymore um, and then YouTube subscriptions I guess is that what this is earned media for his account is spiked to plus 1077 in March versus January so I don't know which one that was if that was Twitter or if that was YouTube but that's not the analytic that we play by 
You know, I know about the dollars, and I know who the sponsors are of the show, and I know that these sponsors are happy with the return they get, and that is why when we started at 590 and then went to 1380 and then went back to 590 and then went to 920 and then went to 590, it's not the radio station for our model that matters. We deliver return on investment for our advertisers. 98% are local direct, which means they're local clients who aren't buying through an advertising agency, which means they aren't buying based on these kinds of analytics. So what Clay has to do, if that's how Clay makes his money, and I don't know that it is, um, what Clay has to do is different than what we have to do. We have to, it's like, well, you know, shouldn't you be watching the game? No, I should be delivering a return on investment for our advertisers. That's actually our mission statement. And anybody who's like, oh, you're a sports show. Well, I, I host it. I actually gave birth to it. And I can tell you we're not a sports show. Now, you can say we're a sports show, but I'm just telling you that we're not a sports show. We're on a sports station, I guess. It just so happens the morning drive show and the afternoon drive show aren't sports shows. But however one wants to say, the job essentially is return on investment for your advertisers. But for me as a host, and also, by the way, for anybody who talks on the show as regulars, so Pete, Iggy, Plowhawk, the cat and Doug, the, the, the responsibility is to be honest with the audience. Like, people can get mad with Doug, at Doug for his political takes, but Doug really believes them. Doug would say, say these exact same things if the microphone is off. Doug is not playing a character. And when people say, oh, the Plowhawk's playing a character, I don't think he is. I think he winds up regretting some of his takes, perhaps, <laughs> but he, isn't, he really thinks them. Uh, so, but for me, it's, it's just simple. I just don't want to, I don't want to, you know, like Bernie, I made I made a, a a parallel to Bernie Miklas, which is something that at this point, God, when was Frank Haith hired? P two thousand eleven? It was almost a decade ago. Around that, yeah. And obviously, one of the you know, I mean, it's, it speaks to a lot that this was like became such a big deal. But Bernie, and by that I mean that you know there's a whole lot going on. Uh, that that Bernie Miklas wound up, you know, he reported that Matt Painter was going to be the next coach of Missouri, and that of course didn't wind up happening. And still, like a decade later, Bernie wears that. It's not something you really want to ever deal with. It's not a fun thing. But to Bernie's credit, you know, he owns it. Apologized for it. Said he got bad information. He, sh- he should have known better than to go for it. Got excited. Went with it. And because he is a credible voice in the market, um, you know, he has to wear it. As opposed to, say, if you're just like a guy on Twitter wanting to say, well, if I'm right, give me credit. If I'm wrong, don't say anything. Um you know, that's that's the risk. So you wear it and he apologizes for it. You know, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to be in those spots. But, uh, yeah, the, cre- the credibility to me is at the, is, is the utmost. And, and this will always be there with Clay. Now, he might not care. But I don't care about YouTube subscribers and I don't care about my Twitter likes or Twitter followers. I don't give it. I mean, obviously, I don't do anything on it. So... It just depends on what metric you're operating off of. But to me, for me individually, giving my audience my honest opinion is is the primary responsibility, whether it's popular or not. I mean, fuck, how, how comfortable do you think it is for my wife to sit here and hear me talk about foursomes and shit? Or how, like my parents that paid for however many years of Catholic school for me to sit here and talk about being agnostic, you know? Or whatever the hell my son's going to wind up listening to in, in, in the future years. 
but it's what I think. And I also don't think it's wrong. So I think it, I happen to think it. It might not be popular. It's certainly probably not commonplace in St. Louis, but it's what I happen to think. So I don't know. That's that's where I'm coming from. It. I, I like the conversation. I'm glad that, that he asked a very detailed question because it's not just like, well, you say Clay's wrong. I say he's right. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, well, here's some metrics. What do you think? And I'm saying, well, maybe that's why he's doing it. I don't know. And maybe he does this stuff with all kinds of uh, – and by the way – I'm coming at it from this perspective. I think, I guess I can't know he's intelligent, but I'm as close to using the word no as possible with him that he's really intelligent. And I feel like his moves are thought through. And that's why on this one, whereas you can always argue Ohio State was overrated, no matter what the hell happens, okay, well, they won, but, you know, I mean, Alabama was down, you know, two defensive linemen and a linebacker and their offense, well, you know, Tua was hurt or whatever. Take your pick of whatever thing. Uh, with this, it's like, okay, it wasn't the flu. Even the president's saying that now. Uh, you know, Fox News has changed its line. It's it's just, it's over. That's over. The sh- That's what I mean by the ship has sailed. So that's what I'm saying why I'm surprised that he took this. I'm surprised he took this. But if you don't care about that, then I guess it doesn't matter. But from my standpoint, it's something I would be cognizant of uh, as far as uh, who I surround myself with, um, you know, as far as broadcasters go. And by that, I mean, if you're if you're putting people on the air on a situation like this, like if he wants to be wrong on take your pick of the other things that I've used in example, whatever. But on something where you're talking about health, it's a different deal. Gangster Pete, anything else? No, I think we covered it. I can always tell when you're exhausted by a topic. Well, Clay Travis, I mean, I just listened to him and I realized that I see I see the game he's playing and it's not the game I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, let me see what we got here. Uh, Tim, I'm wondering if you heard the comments from Bill Gates that large public gatherings may not be possible until a vaccine's available. I assume that means that since it will take 12 to 18 months for a vaccine, that sports leagues could only play behind closed doors for the next year or year and a half. For leagues that rely on TV revenue like NFL, NBA, MLB, EPL, this may be possible. What happens to gate-driven leagues like the NHL, MLS, minor league teams that have much smaller TV revenue? That's from Adam, not caller Adam. P.S. I'm enjoying the show. Um, I saw Bill Gates. It was a great interview, by the way. He was on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace um, talking about uh, this situation. And um, I don't recall him discussing the sports leagues element. I do recall um, Chris Wallace playing one of his TED Talks in which Bill Gates says, the biggest threat to losing 10 million lives, and this is a TED Talk from 2015, is not war. It's a global pandemic. And we are ill-prepared for a global pandemic. And so now, five years later, Bill Gates, not that anybody was really under the impression that he wasn't exactly sharp, but in case you were, Bill Gates, you know, was a soothsayer on this. And uh, and talking about, if I'm not mistaken, that he is going to use factories to just allow seven vaccines to begin the process of creation um, without testing, not to rush to market, but as opposed to testing and then creating them, and he is going to, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation will be funding that. Um, it's a hell of an interview. 
uh, for those of you who might want to go back and see it. But I don't know. I mean, we did talk on the sports thing uh, a little earlier. Uh, any thoughts uh, on that, Gangster Pete? Uh, no. I don't see. I mean, I don't see how we're, they're going to be playing sports in front of people for a long time still. I mean, I will I, that happen in 2020? I'll, I'll make it. I'll make I, it part of the interruption. Yes or no? I mean, I honestly don't think so. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised. You know, like the NFL-like thing. Like, I expect them to be playing it. I'm just like, okay, I don't know. I hope, I mean, God, I hope so. That's the thing. I always hope so. But I just don't see it. But maybe it can happen. I don't know. I, I just can't rule out with this being the first time in our lives, probably the first time in our parents' lives, too. I don't know. You know, I know polio was a monster issue in what was that, the 50s? Um but I don't think it was to this extent. Uh, maybe it was. I don't know. I, uh, if I'm wrong, I was wrong. I'm not speaking from a place of experience, of course. Where the entire world's focus is on winning this battle. I just have a tough time believing that we won't have some semblance of, I don't know if a solution's the right word, but great progress medically by the end of 2020. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody will be able to gather like we were two months ago, but that's where I am. Now, that doesn't mean I know that this is going to happen. I just, that's, that's, I, I'm telling myself it's logic. I don't think it's hope either. Uh, I just, uh, I, I just, logically, I think that that's the case. And I, and I, I also think, and I keep writing this and I keep saying it, and I, cause, because when it, when it happens, I want to be able to take credit for this. It's one of the rare moments where I do. This whole thing about the 100,000 to 240,000 death projection, first off, it's the strangest fucking delta ever. The delta is greater than the floor. <laughs> Gangster Pete, do you follow me on this? I do. The okay, spread. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. The spread of 140,000 is greater, of deaths in the United States, is greater than the floor. It's the strangest fucking thing going. <laughs> And I haven't read that, and maybe other people have made this observation. I don't know. Right when I saw it, I go, okay, I know what's going on. I know. I, I, now I say I know. This is what I think's going on, and I'm very confident in it. We're going to say that as many as 240,000 Americans could die. So when 240,000 Americans don't die, we can we say did we it. did our job. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like so fucking obvious to me. And it's just nauseating. It's gross. It's awful. It's so awful. And it's because it's so obvious. And I know it's going to work. That's the thing. It's like such a fucking, well, I, he bet preflop and an ace came off and he bet again. So guess he's got an ace. I'll fold. It's just so like dipshit level stuff <laughs> that it drives me up the wall. Because I, I see what's going on and it's so obvious to me. And I'm like, how does everybody else not see this? So this bothers you? Oh, <laughs> and then on top of it, when the fucking delta is a greater number than the floor and nobody goes, hey, isn't this fucked up? Like the floor is 100, but we're saying it could be as many as 240. And nobody's going, isn't that weird that the spread is greater than the floor? And nobody's saying, hey, isn't that fucking weird? Like, how is that not obvious? How is this possible? And we just accept it. Like, yeah, well, the, the, the president said, holy shit. <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. <laughs> it's, it's the Will Ferrell Zoolander. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. How is this possible? How has it gotten this dumb? Like, how has it gotten this obviously dumb? And it's accepted. 
But I guess there's people like, yeah, I don't want to point it out because I know what's going to happen. I'll get attacked. So it's just like, fuck. So listen, think about that. As many as 100,000 to 240,000. I mean, where, where are these coming from? It's like when I think we play a drop of Larry Nickel, like his weight fluctuates between 235 and like 300. I think this is the drop. It's like, that's a fucking wide delta, brother. But even at least in that case, the floor being 235 is not as great as the delta of 65. At least it, it has some semblance of mathematical reasoning. This fucking thing is 100,000 American deaths. And talk about, so it's not 100,000 American deaths. We can say we did a great job. Of course, because that's what you're going to do. I already know what you're going to do. And it's like super obvious. But we might lose as many as a quarter of a million people. Hold on a second. The floor is 100, but we're going to lose. you got to be kidding me. And it's just like, yeah, the White House is saying 100. And nobody says anything about this. Fuck me. God. Anyway, <laughs> so it's going to happen, and just give me a pat on the ass when it happens, because trust me, that's going to happen. Uh, let's see. And by the way, should we lose more than a quarter of a million American lives, or 241,000 American lives, or 240,001 American lives, I will happily say, well, I won't happily say it, because I'll be fucking miserable that a quarter of a million Americans lost their lives. I don't think that's going to happen. But with that said, if I'm wrong, I will own it. Okay? Fuck. I just saw you got to be kidding me. A hundred, and that, that, that was the number. I think initially it was 100 to 200. And then like 10 minutes later after that press conference, then they said 240,000. It's like, why did you tack on 40? Like what, like what, what just came, came across the wire? They're like, oh, it might be 240. Holy shit. Got to cover all, right. all the bases. Oh, my God. All right, let me go into some of the, uh, the fan page stuff because I think I might have a coronary uh, here. Um, let's see. Did you like the pictures I put up in the questions from the audience thread, Gangster Pete? Uh, I did not see those. You are really detached, and I'm envious of your detachment. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, we had Iggy with Jesse Jane. We had uh, a new adult starlet who I'm really high on. I just found the pictures. Azul Hermosa. Azul Hermosa. That's correct. She's from Portland. Uh, <laughs> that would have been upset. <laughs> which I have to tell you, I was like, oh, what, like Mexico City, something along those lines. She is Mexican, Spanish, and then Dutch, a rare combination. But uh, that is my picture there. Also, uh, Jim Edmonds with <laughs> Carol, uh, Iggy with Jesse Jane. And then people were enamored. That Papa Joe? That's <laughs> Joe Simpson with with his daughter, Jessica Simpson. Dequel loved Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> what in the hell? Oh. So that's, that's the name. Just type in Bryce Chandler Hill and Joe Simpson, and that'll help explain the whole thing. All right, into the, uh, the fan page. Uh, if you were a, just a sports talk station, what in God's name would you talk about? Uh, oh, <laughs> finally, because I haven't listened. I mean, I just I don't listen. I did like just like I'm sure people at 101 don't listen to KFNS. Um, and somebody posted it in answer to this question. 101 had Ray King on to talk about the 0405 season. <laughs> I feel like everybody's kind. I feel like. So I might be wrong. So I'm emphasize feel. I feel like everybody's doing like these, like what we did with the end of TMA today with reading Jason Barrett's Tournament of Sports Center anchors. Like everybody's doing those kinds of things. Top five PGA lists. golfers you'd bang. 
Yes, for example. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's ours. We got to copyright that. Um, and, and I'm just so grateful that we can talk about what we care. I'm so grateful for that. I, like, I've always thought that. I've thought it more over the last few years. Um, I think that's really kind of like, as Buck, Buck Swope says, when the show advanced. I think that bite comes from when we kind of said let it be awful, which was during we had to play out like 120 days on the 590 the man, 1380 the woman thing. And we just kind of like, all right, we got other, I like after, because after the show, every day it would be like a battle to try to figure out where we were going to go. And so like seven to 10 became my respite. And it was like, we're just going to let it be awful. It doesn't matter. We're leaving. Um, that was in 2013. And I think that's when he said the show advanced. So that's when I started be, becoming aware of being grateful for being able to talk about whatever it is that we really want to talk about. Um, it is obviously a different show right now. It's the first time since 2007, Gangster Pete, that I feel like it's, um, I don't know, I want to make sure I phrase this properly because otherwise it'll like get quoted and then turned into a whole thing, which it's not intended to be. It's some semblance of work. And by that I mean I am on a Comrex unit. So my connection, which I realize means nothing to 99-plus percent of the people listening to that, but it's a radio device. I would imagine it's what Lisa Ann has when you hear her on with us um, and, and what broadcasters who broadcast remotely use. And if I didn't say it, I don't think people would even know I'm not in the studio. It's that good of a connection. But the cat and Doug are on phones. And so I feel like it wasn't bad when I was at spring training and, it, and we've now, I've now done three years of spring training where those guys are in the studio and I'm on remote in Florida. But now that we have Pete Iggy and, and the Plowhawk in the studio, we have Doug on a phone, the cat on a phone, and me and the Comrex, it's just people talking over each other constantly. And nobody's doing it to be a dick at all. That's not that's just not the, the personalities of any of the people on this thing. But it's just, it's just tough. And I feel like, and I don't know if I'm right on this, Pete, you would know, probably better than anybody being back there in the control room i feel like doug and the cat are on like a split second of a delay from me on the phone yeah it's 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 real small but there is a slight slight delay yeah so like doug will like jump in thinking like i I left a berth for him but i left the berth to make sure that nobody was going to talk and then i jump in and i either transition or i go into an endorsement or whatever and it's just, it's just not. And, and, and I mean, then, so that, that's to me the biggest issue. Um, but it's nobody's, I mean, what do you do? What's the alternative? So there's that. And then secondarily, as a, at least a fallback, some, some sports or something other than the coronavirus. There's just nothing. Like people go, oh, this is because you guys don't have sports. And it's really not. It's just there's just nothing going on. Um, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a, a very hard reality that there is nothing going on. I was talking with, hope I'm not speaking out of school. I don't think I am. I think it's kind of an obvious conversation, whether it be communicating with people at our radio station or communicating with people at other radio stations. There is nothing to do. There's and and, and I want to. I'm talking about from an ad revenue generation standpoint. There is nothing to do because nobody's buying. There are, I guess, a handful, and I mean a handful, like. Count them on three fingers of companies locally buying at this moment. And that, that could have changed by now because this was last week. So there's just kind of nothing to do. So you're just in this unheard of holding pattern, which is certainly 
for most people, Pete has certainly got an entrepreneurial spirit. I have a, a weird, unstable mind that just can't stop thinking of, you know, how to make, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what the right word would be, but just always thinking of something uh, to try to, you know, improve it without selling my soul and becoming a social media parody. Um, and and just in communicating, it's like, yeah, nobody's buying. There's nothing you do. And why would people buy right now? By the way, they can't. They can't buy advertising. What do you get advertised for? So it's this weird thing. So so there's really that, but then, then that means you don't really have your standard commerce. So what are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about the coronavirus. And now I'm at a weird point because it happened today. And I don't know if it was just today and tomorrow I'll be back at it. But I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And it's not that I don't <laughs> want to talk about it because I obviously do talk about it here. But I don't necessarily want to talk about it on the radio because... Or even like on the fan page when I posted the New York Post story and it was to bury as opposed to plan to use parks to bury bodies in New York. And it became like litigating, you know, the headline as opposed to going, holy shit, it's gotten to the point that they're going to have to plan to use parks as temporary cemeteries, which to me was like the big takeaway as opposed to the New York Post headline. With that said, I'm incredibly grateful that we do not only have to talk about sports. Um, I, I mean, but I felt that way, way before this because I couldn't do it. I, I keep saying that over and over again. I mean, I get, listen, could we? Yes. Would the quality of the show drop? Yes, it would. And it's Ugh. just not where I am. Like, like, I don't view this through the lens of, okay, I'm 43, so I need another two decades or 22 years or whatever the number is. I don't even know what the number is to do this. It's just like, okay, whenever it ends, it ends. It's fine. I'm moving to Florida. That's it. Or I, I'm, I'm going into another business. That's it. That's it. It, it. It's a very, you know, I don't know if that's unhealthy. I don't know. I, I don't really, I, for me, it's just kind of like an easy thing. I don't, like, when it ends, it ends. It's going to end. And it, I look at it as, holy shit, we got to fuck off for 16 years, and I got to work in my hometown market for 20 years, and I had an incredibly, not only fun time, but just, like, worked with, across the board, like, I mean, for real, when you think about Doug and Steve Savard at KMOV, and then all of the people in radio, like, obviously the cat and Doug, but Martin, and all of the producers, uh, and, and Jennings and Charlie, I mean, and the and the audience. I mean, holy shit! And that and that's twenty years of my life, and I'm forty three, so half my life. That is, that is just run good. So, it won't be like, oh my god, I got to keep doing sports talk. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's just not where it's. It's not where my interests are anymore. So I don't really. I don't want to say I don't care. It's just I'm not like, oh shit, what happens. You know, whenever this comes to an end, I guess I have to now, like, give Cardinal takes and Blues takes every day. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not interested in it. It isn't what I want to do, so I'm not going to do it. And it's just like a – it's not even like a, oh, well, if they pay me this much, I'll do it. No, I don't want to do it. And plus there's people who would be better than it than me because they're invested in it more than I am. And by that I mean they care more. I don't care as much anymore. It's not where I am. I care about other things now. I didn't uh, when I was 25, whenever I started this, 24, I guess. So – you know, it's it's really a, a cut and dried thing for me. But in the moment, I could not be more grateful for the fact that we are allowed to talk about whatever we want to talk about. I mean, and this has been really the case 
for a long time, man. I mean, God, I don't know when the last time I was told. I guess maybe something came up at 920. Uh, yeah, I, they, they, the, the owner of the station was really did, didn't want us to get into the Ferguson discussion. Um, and he had the right to do that. He owned the, he owned the license. And he's a good man. It wasn't like coming from a bad place. And he gave me his reasoning, and that's, that's fine. It did, I mean, we talked about it, but not as in-depth perhaps as we would. And you respect it. You know, you kind of pick your spots. But, um, you know, across the board, we are, for the most part, I mean, and I'm sure there's some that I'm not thinking of, but able to talk about whatever is we want to talk about, which is huge at this moment. Because if I, like, had to, like, go, okay, Doug, what's your list of Cardinal second baseman today? Cat, what's your list? I'd just be, I'd be sitting over here just being bored out of my fucking mind. And I think it would be just horrible, horrible radio. Uh, Gangster Pete, I know you've only been part of the program for, uh, what, uh, t- almost uh, two years, year and a half. Uh, anything stand out to you regarding if you were just a sports station, what in God's name would you talk about? God, that'd be so boring. Like, I know we have to talk about the coronavirus. It's a huge deal. But, like, well, we today, don't have to. Well, no, I mean, I know you're not saying it like that. But well, I, mean, I was I mean, getting to a bigger to. point. Like, I know, and we should. Like, that's what's on everybody's mind. But, like, for example, today's second hour where – Iggy kind of happened and everything kind of went off the rails. Everyone was just being silly. Like that was just like an hour where I didn't think about any of that for like an hour, which was just like so much fun. Like I was, I mean, I was laughing so hard. I had tears come in my eyes. Like, and it was just nice to forget about all the bad stuff for like an hour, you know? Yeah. And it, it's for my, st- I agree with you big time. I feel like it has to happen organically. Right. Oh yeah. I uh, totally agree. And and sometimes that's where we are, and sometimes it's not. But I but there isn't, as I'm sure people know, there is not a hard and fast rule on we have to talk about the coronavirus or anything else for that matter. Um, it's just whatever winds up happening, and that to me is what makes the show work. So if the show were to ever be in a spot, as in this group of people, uh, at a station where it's more formatted, I think it would substantially alter the show and it w- it may alienate the listeners who have loved it and then new listeners who weren't familiar with it might go oh i always heard about this thing <laughs> and now I, it's not necessarily like if it were like in 12 minute segments and i'm teasing shit which means we know what we're going to talk about in the next and that means we can't like just wander for 40 minutes and i get it that you can't do that everywhere um but that's why i think our show is best suited to this and then you know uh, it eventually a podcast format um that's it can't be in a spot where it's like all right uh you know adam wainwright was interviewed by frank cusimano last night on kstk about what he's doing to keep himself sharp and he said he's doing this this and this doug what do you think just be over here and i just be constantly making the jerk off motion <laughs> the entire time that's what i would be doing the entire i'm doing it right now by the way constantly just like oh tell me what wainwright's doing to keep himself sharp great and here's colton wong and what he's eating to stay healthy and here's matt carpenter doing his hack squats it is i'd be sitting here just like Ugh. yeah jerk off fast <laughs> fucking worst awful can't do it won't do it um let's see going to nothing well I mean, i'll ask it i don't because there's only two more so i don't want to feel make this gentleman feel left out it's a good question i just feel like we've touched on it a lot but maybe pete you'll have a different perspective what can possibly be done to bridge the two sides in this country the coronavirus crisis has really highlighted how different the quote facts are on each side 
You are starting to see it play out now with the malaria drug that may or may not be effective in treating COVID-19. If one side just immediately calls media outlets biased because they are being told something they don't like, then I don't know how the situation improves. That's from Zach. Gangster Pete. I mean, so what's really the question there? Like, is there a way to fix that? Uh, I guess the question is what can possibly be done to bridge the two sides in the country? That's that's the lead question. In the Man, I don't know. If people can't come together over this, I don't know what they're going to come together over. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess I kind of am of the opinion that it's for somewhat pe- people have, but you're always going to have disagreement, and then that's what gets focused on because that's what drives. Take your pick of television ratings, which is how they make their money. Again, they're not selling to local direct like we are, um, and clicks. So it's gonna you focus on the divide, but I really don't, you know. And we talked. I know we talked about it last week on. You know, and it because I, I guess I'm catching some passive heat on it. Nobody's really coming directly at me, but I know what they're doing. So, uh, like, you know, all the stuff of we ought to put politics aside. Here's the deal. My perspective is this to reiterate it and be crystal clear. There will be a time. I hope it's really soon, not because I can't wait to see people held accountable, but because when there is a commission on the coronavirus in 2020, that means we will be on the other side of it. So I am looking forward to that for that reason and also for accountability. Uh, I would I would hope there's some media accountability on that. And uh, and there were a couple people when I wrote that said, I'll, I don't ever see that happening. And I said, okay, how about I give you I don't know what I was willing to give them. I think it was five to one on anything up to 100 bucks. So I was betting 500 that there will be with the risk of 500 winning 100. There's just not a doubt in my mind. There will be a pandemic commission similar to the 9-11 commission not a doubt in my mind like that's now there wasn't a doubt in my mind that the cardinals would acquire an, uh, an outfielder to, to help their lineup this offseason so i was wrong but um but but right now like so what's the solution like for those well then now you're just ignoring what donald trump was saying in february in the first half of march okay i'm not i'm well aware of it i'm a hundred percent aware of it i was i was watching it as it was going on going this is unbelievable well, I mean, it was unbelievable the words were being said. It wasn't unbelievable for him to be the one saying them. And I'm well aware of it. I have not forgotten it. I will not forget it. But at this moment, what what are our choices? You, you want to do an impeachment hearing at this moment? You want him tossed out of office? You just want us to spend time talking? I don't know. What, what do you, he is the president. And I want him to be successful because if the president is successful, that means America got out through this and that's what I want so it's that's that's where I am and it's the same for Mitch McConnell it's the same for Nancy Pelosi it's the same for take your pick of whatever leader even if they aren't necessarily people I would vote for Josh Hawley as an example somebody I just you know but I want him to be success it doesn't matter like if you're at a point where you're like Boy, it'd be better if more people died so President Trump would be out of office. I would tell you something's fucked up. That's what I would tell you, if that's where you are. Now, maybe maybe others would go, no, here is why, because more people would die if he would stay in office, if you want to, like, rationalize, okay? From my standpoint, I don't see it that way. I want, the, if this thing could be over today, if, if they announced it was a vaccine and President Trump built it in the Lincoln bedroom last night, I'd be thrilled. And, and he's president through 2024. Fine. Great. We'd be on the other side of it. 
That's what I want. I've already told you what I think the strategy is and how it's going to play out, which is the number will be less than 100,000 deaths in America or 240,000 deaths. And and then he will say, look what we did. We did great work. That's what's going to happen. It's Please, if anybody's interested in a wager on that, team or turning it inside STL.com. I'll Venmo you the money right now as long as we can have a legal contract that you will pay me back when it happens. I'm, 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 I'll set aside some money to make the bet right now. But I want him to be successful. I view the press conferences as, you know, I don't even know what they are. It's, it's just kind of it's, it's like a show, and you just don't really you just tune it out. So whatever. But I want him to be successful. We are in a crisis, and he is the president, and I'm an American, and I want us to be successful. And that's that. That's that. So, you know, Pete, I don't know how many times over the course of the questions from the audience in 2018 and 19, I said, it unfortunately will take something like September 11th to bring the country back together. I assume you recall hearing me say that because I know I said it probably 10 times. Um, I don't think that this is viewed by people in the same vein as September 11th. And I have a theory on that. First off, before I even give my theory, do you agree with that? And if you do, do you have a theory as to why? And perhaps we're on the same page. Uh, I definitely don't think it feels the same. Uh, my theory, just off the top of my head without thinking about it, would be uh, 9-11, you had a common enemy. We all came together to battle it. Here, we have a common enemy. We all have to stay away from each other to battle it. Um, I agree with you that it's not, obviously, because that was my premise, that, it, that it's not um, viewed the same as September 11th. And here is my theory as to why. We all saw September 11th. There was a moment for September 11th or a series of moments like, what is talked about when you talk about September 11th? What do people think of right away? I say September 11th. I know what you're picturing. Twin Towers. Exactly. But there were two other planes. And, you know, while one of them was in a field in Pennsylvania, the other one hit the Pentagon. Heard of it. And that is not what people think of. Unless, of course, you have ties to D.C. or people at the Pentagon who are close to you, whatever the case might be. But you think of the Twin Towers. You think of the explosion uh, and the North Tower and then the South Tower. And you think of the towers coming down. And you think of the people walking from lower Manhattan covered in dust. And you think of the images of the people jumping from the Twin Towers. That hits home more. Um, We've had domestic violence accusations in professional sports for a long time. But... When you had video of Ray Rice, that one got a hell of a lot more attention than others. And I think it's because it drives it home more. If you had, for example, I think when I read the story of Pete DiPrato, the gentleman, uh, Pete, Gangster Pete here on the podcast, and I interviewed in January who passed away and died alone. Now died with a nurse, but his family wasn't able to be there with him because the hospital's under quarantine. Um that really resonated with people, even though 99% of the people who read the story had no idea who he was. But it then humanized it. And so right now, you see these numbers, but these numbers aren't lives for many people. And that's not, that's not said to be harsh and that everybody's detached. It's, not, it's, 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 it's human nature. Like I open up my 
the Johns Hopkins graph that uh, I know a lot of people look at, and it's currently, what are we at here? Confirmed cases by country, region, 1.38 million. Deaths, 16,523 in Italy. Um, and then... Uh, and then it's broken up by state in the United States or city, as the case might be. 3,485 deaths in New York. But they're numbers. But you don't see them. Or necessarily, most people don't necessarily know someone who has passed. I think at this point, a lot of people know people who have had it. But they come on, I mean, especially if you're in St. Louis, you can think of Jim Edmonds or John Kelly. Um, but you don't have a moment where 3,000 people died, like you had with the planes hitting the Twin Towers. And how traumatic that was so i think that's i think that's that's a theory and perhaps i'm i'm wrong on that um but i do feel like a lot of people have come together i do feel like i feel like yes i know that the people focus on taking pictures of people at beaches and south not south carolina and florida that line between whatever it was st john county and uh duval county jacksonville um or uh, or the Georgia governor reopening the beaches, whatever. But but, my God, you know, when you're running out to whether you're going grocery store, or pharmacy, or whatever that it is that you have to do, you know, you see it with your own eyes that that it's essentially relative to what it would normally be empty. And so people are adhering, and people are if they are out, they're staying away from each other. So, um, you know, and yeah, if you want to focus on those who are debating facts and obviously that's got me banty today it's there but overall um i I think for the most part uh people are pulling in one direction even if they're not necessarily fans of the people at the top like uh, you know how many people would say yes i am a huge fan of donald trump mitch mcconnell and nancy pelosi is there a person in in the country who would say that i am a huge fan of donald trump Mitch McConnell, and Nancy Pelosi. I don't think that that's possible. I suppose you would have to think just by math of 330-plus million people, there's one who would say that. But, boy, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to get him as a guest on the program. But I think there are people who go, okay, yeah, I don't like this or that or he or she or whatever, but, my God, I hope that they get us through this. And I think that's where a lot of people are, even if they go, yeah, it's a clown show or yeah the media is out to get donald trump whatever it is they want people to be successful i think there's more of that all right final question questions from the audience james carlton 314-961-4800 online at carltoninsurance.net if your insurance costs a leg and an arm call james carlton state farm he is my insurance agent and i recommend him to our audience for him to be their insurance agent he has an incredible staff in Webster Groves at carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. All right, uh, here is what we've got for the final question, Gangster Pete. I feel like a return to normal, quote-unquote around normal, is going to be a very gradual thing, but when do you honestly believe people will be able to have a drink at a bar or sit down in a restaurant again? I like this because it kind of forces an answer. Um... Gangster Pete, what do you think? Are we talking drinking a bar? Or are we talking sports? Sit down at a restaurant again. That that was the question. Drink (sighs) at a bar, sit down at a restaurant again. Not sports. October. Wow. 
I would ship the under on that. I hope so. I would ship the under on that. I would put it. You know, I got. I, I did. St. Louis ever have the restaurants being open, but like everybody had to be six feet apart, or was that something that was unique to Florida for like a week? Do you recall? I don't recall that. The last time I was in a restaurant, I was packed, and okay. then like the next day, I realized, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like I remember when we were there, thinking whatever's going on in Florida is weird, and now. Now that it's not necessarily Monday morning quarterbacking, but Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, you know, I mean, how many people can name a governor other than the one in their state? Um, and even then, how many people can even name the governor of their state? <laughs> but but certainly other governors, you know, I mean, Cuomo certainly has attention. Maybe Gavin Newsom um, would be one. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, maybe because Arkansas is directly to the south of us and they, they are not on a shutdown um pritzker being nearby for us and for those of you in illinois your governor and desantis has kind of become kemp and george and desantis have become well known for getting criticized for the way they've handled this thing and so desantis in florida it was a weird deal like like i think i said it on the radio i know i said it on the radio I hadn't really gone anywhere but my wife went up to a uh like a shopping plaza uh, and, uh, and she's like, it's so weird. Cause like, if you didn't know the stuff was going on, you wouldn't know that anything is really going on because there's still so many people out. Um, and then, and then it became a county by county thing. And now there is a state shutdown, but it took a while, especially considering that what about a quarter of the population there is over the age of 65 in particular in the South part, Southern part of Florida. So one and I guess Pete it would be three weeks ago tonight we went to Taco Tuesday and it's the last time we've gone out to dinner uh, you know and we knew that would be it and it was like the table like the tables were all separated and they weren't all full and that was their way of kind of keeping places open but not really packing them right that was the hedge now that's not going on anymore and that wasn't going on even before we left but there was like a week of that or a few days of that uh, I see somebody is posted July 1st as an over under I think that's a good over under um, as far as it makes it tough to try to figure out uh, you know I could see if I know my if I think I have an idea of how uh, our president works like the Easter thing, while certainly hyper-aggressive as far as a timeline goes, uh, and I just in the back of my mind don't think Easter is as important to him as he might indicate that it is, uh, but I know what he's doing. Um, I could see him having July 4th being the date that would be the date that things open, even though it's a holiday. Um, I could see that being the date. So... That's where I am. Are you saying October? I would go under, and I don't, yeah, I, don't I like to think prepare myself mentally for the worst. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm trying to make sure because I, I don't know if you. I guess you probably didn't. And I don't even remember what the poll question was. I asked. Oh, when do you anticipate? It wasn't when do you hope. It was when do you anticipate uh, life going back to normal in the United States? And your choices were April, and then May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, or 2021. 
And a number of people, now the, I think the one that got the most votes was July-August by a pretty comfortable margin. But there were a number of people who voted May-June, and then they posted in the comments, I don't really think it's going to be May-June, but I just hope that it'll be May-June. And I kind of felt like we were like watching how religion was born. You know, <laughs> It's like, yeah, I know it's probably not, but I hope. You know, and I, I, it, it, that's, you know, I mean, to their credit, they acknowledge it. But I mean, that wasn't the question. The question was, when do you hope? It's like, when do you anticipate? So vote. Vote what you really think it is going to be, and then I'll create another poll for when you hope it'll be. I think we'll all hope today, uh, I guess, within the scope of reality, May, June. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing is, is kind of having to dig into the CARES Act, which is the stimulus bill, um, I don't know how the country can keep floating trillions of dollars to keep this from collapsing. So what this thing is doing now is taking you basically through the end of June, taking businesses and employees, employers, employees, through the end of June. And there is another phase that they would have to loan out. And again, these are going to be forgiven. Uh, assuming you follow the proper protocols, you can't cut employees' pay more than 25%. You can't, um, uh, 75% of the dollars have to be allocated for payroll. In other words, employers can't just like, oh, now we're going to fix up our you know, kitchen with this money. You know, it has to be, or else it isn't forgiven. So with that said, um, that's what I, that's what I'm really, like, I just don't know how that could happen. I mean, I guess you can because the U.S. is the one that's printing the money, but I just don't know how that can realistically happen. So I will, I will set a specific date, and I will go 4th of July. I will go 4th of July, Carlos Spicy Wiener. All right, there it is. Questions from the audience in the books. How long do we go, Gangster Pete? Hour uh, almost two hours. No way. You're fucking with me just on this. We eight minutes short of two hours. We started at 1020. It's huh. 1211. Yeah. God, I really thought it was like an hour and a half. I'm sorry. Really it's all didn't. good, man. Uh, always enjoy doing it with you. I think the audience is enjoying having your participation. It's fun. And, uh, and we appreciate all the questions. Feedback's welcome. Feel free to motherfuck me. I think it carries a little more weight if you don't. And you just kind of present a dissenting view, but whatever. I've been motherfucked for two decades, so it's fine. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Um, and also, uh, we thank Design Air Heating and Cooling, DesignAirService.com. They are an essential and so they are still coming to people's homes and tending to your heating, tending to your cooling. They're the official HVAC provider of this podcast and the Ryan Kelly Morning After. This is the Tim McKernan Show, Design Air, Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com. Thank you to Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Chevy Fine New Roads. Thank you to Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Thank you to Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Thank you to Design Air, Heating and Cooling. And Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, I'm Tim McKernan. For Gangster Pete, this has been another edition of Questions from the Audience on the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.